back everyone to the near mint hockey card podcast it is almost playoff time Whew. this is episode 23 which i'm dedicating to my man scott gomez uh he is a big hockey card collector if you didn't know that and uh a couple episodes ago i did a show where i opened a pack and i pulled a really cool scott gomez card posted on instagram at mentioned him and he responded and he actually showed me like the session that he had where he was signing those cards super super cool uh and obviously a legend two-time cup stan cup stanley two-time stanley cup winner and uh yeah just wanted to give a shout out to scotty gomez number 23 and uh another special guy we've got aaron with us today again to do this episode so welcome back to the show hey thanks for having me good to be back um yeah that's really cool i never i never heard that story about scott gomez or i must have missed it on the the story as well that's awesome yeah it was really interesting and like you know you post on instagram and mention the guy like you don't really expect him to respond so it's kind of a cool cool little moment guys engaging with the hockey card world yeah for sure i you know i think the access and the thing that social the things that social media can do some of the good things things like that you know i mean it's just a little thing he's he's not gonna remember it but you are right and and he he likely knows that too right and and that's really cool when guys when guys reach out when i when i was growing up and you would go downstairs to get autographs from from the guys and and so this would be around um i don't know let's say let's say the mid 80s i was seven eight years old um you know the guys were really reluctant to like sign autographs now and you still have guys like that in the nhl for sure i i understand it but for the most part especially with community involvement and all the good things like it's awesome that you know players now do things for the kids and they understand the impact that they have and the the role that they play isn't to just score goals like like you got to be involved in the community and you got to do these other things so so that's awesome yeah yeah you're totally bang on there um all right, so today I want to I want to get into this because we got lots of playoff stuff to cover. Um, but first, we're going to talk about the Kaprizov clear cut that we talked about the last two episodes. So uh, that thing has been sold. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, then, yeah, we're going to get into the playoffs. Uh, talk a little bit about the playoffs generally. Then we're each going to pick four cards, one from each division. Uh, that we kind of suggest that you look at uh, either buying or selling if you already have it ones that we we basically think are going to go up in value as the playoffs go and uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about who we think is going to go far in the playoffs those those are probably related topics um, but yeah let's get into this Kaprizov sale yeah Let's do it. You you got to insert like the cash registered ka-ching after in post-production. <laughs> would be awesome. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. So, I mean, go. uh, I'll go over quickly the story, but if you want the full story, we did two videos before this uh, talking about uh, myself pulling the Kaprizov out of the first box of series two that I opened and I like, it was a crazy box, but then Kaprizov clear cut young guns, like wild. Um, and then Aaron and I decided to get together. Uh, Aaron took a piece of it and we've submitted it to PSA. So we've got a whole video about that whole process. Uh, then we've got the video of the card coming back from PSA and opening it and, you know, 
we got a 10. Spoiler alert, but it was crazy. We didn't know we were going to get a 10, but wow. Yeah, it was it was a pretty fun uh yeah, little it was a pretty good little adventure. I'll I'll say that much. Yeah, um and where we left off was, you know, we got the 10 on the show and we talked a little bit about strategy live on the show like what are we going to do we didn't know if you get a nine or a ten so once we knew we had a ten we were like what are we going to do um and so that's kind of where we left the story but uh, obviously uh, since then the card is no longer in my house yeah where is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so maybe we'll get into that yeah or, or i don't know yeah we're definitely yeah. going to get into that um Let's start by talking just a little bit about the money side of things uh, to give like the background there. Um, so we valued this card at about a thousand dollars. It was a, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Uh, we spent about five hundred bucks on grading and sending it to PSA, and so it was about a fifteen hundred dollar investment to begin with. And um, you know that's that's fairly substantial. But we assumed that if we got a ten, it would be a pretty big. Uh, win and if we got a nine a loss but like who knows how much or maybe we'd break even who knows right um and you know there's there were no comps out there on ebay this was like the first kaprizov clear-cut psa 10 uh and there was only three and there still is only three kaprizov clear-cut psa 10s and actually no other PSA cards at all. So there's only three, they're all tens. Um, and ours is the only one that I know of that has been sold. However, I imagine the other ones could have been sold privately. Um, so yeah, I mean, why don't I hand it off to you to talk a little bit about the conversation we had and the strategy we employed like the day after we'd, we got the PSA 10. Yeah, so I mean, the whole thing Going back to the very beginning, um, I'm not going to retell the story, obviously, but I, I think that's sort of one of the most important, most, excuse me, one of the most important things to take away is just that we had a plan right from the start. Like, like to me, when, when we were talking about making this work, um, I, I, I wanted to be sure that, that we had a plan and a strategy that, you know, we weren't going to be holding this thing for any length of time. So the plan was to get it into PSA. We estimated the time it would take to get back. Um, once we got it back, you know, we didn't know exactly how we were going to, um, sell it. Um, but you know, we ultimately came up with a strategy for that. So we tried it on the open market, tried a couple things, you know, auction was pot was going to be an option, but all of these things were planned. And one of the most important things to me was the speed. Like, like I didn't want to have this thing into playoffs and, and you can make an argument for and against that. I, I can see that and I, I can see both sides of it, but regardless, like we were on the same page in terms of like, it, it just, it has to move once we get it back. So, so, so I just wanted to emphasize more the, uh, the strategy part that, you know, we had a plan in place and, and we executed the plan. We obviously can't have a plan to get a 10 back, but you, <laughs> you, you know, that we're, that's a good part of the story. One of the variables that, that we got sort of lucky with and helped all of this really come together. But it was, uh, it, it was, it was fun. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, I forgot your, 
what you'd asked me to i got into my own little tangent no that was i wanted to hear a little bit about the strategy and that's a good reminder that you know anytime you're doing something like this it's good to have a plan in place and with cards like this caprice i've clear cut it had just come out from upper deck like a month ago so moving quickly is is important with these things and you know like maybe we could have kept it it's not like there's PSA 10 Caprizov clear cuts popping up on eBay every day. But I, th I think it was smart for us to, to really move quickly. But what we didn't really know was, you know, we have this card. What's going to be the best way to sell this to maximize profits, basically? Um, and so I think we employed what is kind of the typical way that I go about trying to sell something that is, you know, a big hit or something special, let's call it. Um, and so we put it on Facebook groups. So like, we're both a part of a couple Facebook buy sell groups. Uh, and I listed it on two of them. And we listed it at a high price, but one that we thought, you know, someone might pay uh, of 4500 Canadian. So that would have been 3000 3, profit. Um, if we sold it, you know, without fees on eBay through Facebook, right? That's the advantage of getting a deal done on Facebook. You don't have to pay any fees, you just have to pay shipping. Um, but, you know, people on Facebook were skeptical of the price, let's say. There was, a, there was some people not so thrilled with it. Uh, and we didn't get any serious buyers in that first, like, 24 hours. And really, after 24 hours on Facebook, you're not really getting much attention, right? Um, well, and I think, sorry, just to, to touch on that with the, with the Facebook guys who are sort of giving a hard time about the price. I mean, I don't think you, it's pretty rare that you can list any card of any magnitude and, and people sort of aren't asking questions. But I, I think the way that we came to the price was really reasonable. Yeah. So with PSA, with PSA 10s, you know, we still value for, that's another, you know, we were fortunate in that way in that the card held value over time like that was again one of the races that we had and one of the challenges that i i foresaw was okay well we're valuing this at a thousand dollars today what if this card goes down right. to 600 and i and i did my own calculations on this to figure out whether i thought it was going to be a great play so like what's the worst i could do what's the best i could do because the, the one assumption i make is that the card wasn't going to go up in price from there yeah that's about the only assumption I was pretty, um, I, I was pretty sure of. But uh, again, in terms of the pricing, so at a thousand dollars, a PSA 10, any general PSA 10 is going to have a multiple of about four, so four X. So, so we were still. It might have been, you know, between the eight hundred and a thousand. There was actually, I believe, a twelve hundred dollar sale a few days earlier. So, if you take the middle of of eight hundred and twelve. Uh, 1200 a thousand and times it by a normal PSA multiplier of four that's going to give you four thousand dollars so for us to price it at 4500 yeah it's a little bit high but it's certainly not unreasonable for you know uh, a card like that um, and you know it, it wasn't just like like somebody going online and putting nineteen thousand nine hundred and sixty four dollars <laughs> like, like you know I, I think our pricing was was actually smart and and reasonable and and in line with with just any other PSA 10 comp. 
Yeah, I think I think it was reasonable too, and we discussed how how we would get to the price, and you know, it was still a bit high. But also, this is a card that is like there's only three of them. Uh, you can't find this every day. Whereas you know that PSA multiplier you talk about of four X is for like young guns that there's hundreds of, right? So you know, a little bit of a premium on a card that you can't really just go buy any day of the week makes sense to me. Um, but at the end of the day, we didn't find a serious buyer on Facebook. And like you said, our strategy was to move this thing within days, if not a week. Um, so the next step was like, okay, well, Facebook isn't working. Let's go to the biggest marketplace we know, <laughs> and that is eBay. Um, and so we had a little bit of a discussion around like, does it make sense to put it up by now and or auction it? Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe I'll let you talk a little bit about, uh, our reasoning there and why we ended up going by now. I don't remember, but I mean, the reason why I could say or, or think that we did it is, is put it up, buy it now for a period of time, try and draw some interest. And then, you know, I know that we had talked about, um, auctioning it if it came to that. So, you know, put it up, buy it now draw some interest, see what sort of uh, interest comes in, see if we can get some offers. It's just, you know, a way of sort of dipping your toes in the pool, just checking the water out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think you nailed it. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking for, uh, you know, a deep answer on this one. It's, it's really like, kind of like similar to putting it on Facebook. You're throwing the darts at the wall and seeing if anything sticks. And, uh, yeah. You know, like you put it up by now and if it doesn't sell at the price that you listed it at, then, you know, you can put it up at auction and guarantee that it'll sell. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, we decided to go buy now and we we're going to take another day or two and see what happened. And then, yeah, the, the auction was the backup plan to to kind of get it gone quickly and, and get as much as we could out of it. Um, so, yeah, we listed it on eBay at four thousand four hundred and ninety seven. 97 for Kaprizov's jersey number. Uh, just a little, you know, fun thing that I like to do sometimes with with uh, the pricing. Um, and we had buy now, but with offers open from, I think it was 2,500 and up. So just to see, like, what are we going to get, you know? Um, and, you know, I think for the first day, we didn't really see anything. There was people watching it. Um, but there was no offers. There was no real movement. So we're kind of thinking like we actually had a discussion. We're like, okay, if we auction this, like, do we do two days, seven days, whatever? Um, and then we kind of like, you know, went and did our day jobs. Uh, but then during that, uh, I got one offer pretty low ball. I think it was actually at my minimum of 2,500. Um, and then I had some back and forth with that user and was and sent them actually uh, a counter offer uh, that we discussed, which was I think thirty five hundred, which was kind of our low point, right? We were th we were saying like thirty five hundred, we'd we'd make a really good profit on that, um, and that's kind of like where we'd be happy, right? Um, I don't know like how we came to that exact number, and maybe we would have even gone lower. I don't know, but what, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I, for some reason in, in my head, I was just thinking that like 3,200, 3,300 would be like a pretty good, a pretty good price for it. Sort of ignoring, um, 
Uh, again, ignoring exactly what I said, the fact that most PSA 10 sell for, you know, uh, closer to the 4X. I, I don't know why I would think to to not put a premium on it because it is scarce, like you said, and, and it's first to market and just there's desirability with that. Somebody Somebody's going to want it. Um, but I, it, it was just sort of a world vibe. I felt like we were going to get $3,400 for it. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I can see um, that's likely why we went with 35. You were probably, I, I do remember having a conversation or, or a message exchange where you said, or we talked about 3,500 and we both sort of said, well, if we can get 3,500, I mean, I think we'd both be, both be reasonably happy with that price. Yeah. Um, you know, after expenses and everything, we'd be over, over double our money on that. Um, and you know, even after fees, I believe. So, you know, that, that's sort of like a start point and that's likely why we came to 3,500, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, to be perfectly transparent, this is the first time I've sold something of this magnitude. So we were both kind of like unsure how this would go. And it was like, it was a great learning experience. Um, but yeah, it is like a premium card, right? So maybe we were lowballing ourselves. Um, but anyways, I sent I sent this offer out to this this eBay buyer, um, and they kind of sent back. They're like they had conversations with other uh, another seller, I guess, off of eBay of the same card, which was pretty interesting in itself. Um, so that was kind of sitting there. But then I get this message on eBay that is basically like. So are you open to offers on this? And, you know, immediately type back just like a quick one liner, like not <laughs> like not trying to sound like all desperate or whatever. But like I was like, yeah, like, you know, submit an offer like it's open, like we're, you know, flexible on this price. Um, and then I don't even think I told you that because uh, quite quickly after an offer came in for four thousand flat and uh I think I sent to you before the offer before actually clicking accept because I had to ask you, are you okay with this officially? Um, but I yeah. mean, I, I think everyone listening knows what happened. Well, I think the timing was really like, uh, it was sort of like fairy tale too, because I believe I messaged you and I said, Hey, do we have any offers? Like any, any, anything going on with Kaprizov? And it was like no time later, you took a screenshot of the $4,000 off, $4,000 offer. And I was actually super confused by it. I was like, I was like, did you like take time and, and like Photoshop this to, to like, to mess with me? Oh man, um, I'm just, you know, I'm just I, trolling I was like, you. Someone offered <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then you, you sent me the screenshot and you know, it was pretty, pretty easy, uh, pretty easy decision for both of us i think at that point yeah and and we were happy with that price obviously considering we were we were thinking we'd have to go lower um so it was was a great great price to sell it at um and for those of you doing math at home uh the profit was just under two thousand um with that assumed value of a thousand dollars on the card right because we didn't actually have to buy the card or i guess you had to buy your portion for me it was a bit i had to buy it right yeah yeah (laughs) for me it was a bit different right because i just hit this card um yeah and so the math that i did for myself was you know i get this profit back and what what does that mean so really what happened was my entire case of series two was paid for by this card 
and then I had an extra $800 on top. And that was without like all the sales from the rest of the cards. So I guess that's just like the magnitude of how big this card hit was with the submission, obviously, that increased its value by a lot. Yeah, so this is, you know, easy to replicate, right? So <laughs> we just need you to pull more clear-cut Caprizovs and or you know insert the name of the new big rookie and we'll just do it over and over <laughs> and you know life will be good right oh man yeah it's simple it's first box from the case no problem <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that's that's a good point to say like opening boxes and expecting something like this is a fool's errand i've opened a lot of boxes and this is like by far the best card i've pulled um, I guess you could consider like a McDavid Young Gun similar in craziness, but not as rare. Like it's it, this is like one of three right now in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm not a I'm not a box opening guy, um, so I, I would much rather take a route like this. Yeah, if, if I can find people who want to uh, share some of the risk and and hedge a little bit, I I would love to do that, um, but. You know, it was uh, it, it was fun. Yeah, and, and I wanted to wrap this conversation with kind of the the feel good moment for me with selling this card because you know I was having a, a conversation with the person that actually bought this card, um, asking them you know if there's other cards that they like. I always like to throw in like a little extra something for people that buy something big, uh, just some freebies, um, and we were discussing shipping a little bit. We shipped it FedEx securely. It got there in a week. It was great. Um, but yeah, this this uh, this eBay buyer messaged me back uh, when I was asking asking about Kaprizov, and he's like, "Yeah, Kaprizov is a huge deal up here. This card isn't going anywhere up here, being Minnesota." So um, just like I'm so happy it went to a huge Wild fan uh, who collects Kaprizov, and he's gonna have this sweet card in his collection, hopefully displayed somewhere beautifully for years to come. Yeah, for sure. And I think I even called that in the first episode or, yeah. or in the first part is I, I had a good idea or, or I thought, you know, it's obviously logical that the person who bought it was going to be a Minnesota fan or a Kaprizov fan. Um, I, I don't, I didn't think it was going to be someone trying to make, you know, pay that dollar for an investment card uh, at, at that price point. Um, could have happened, but you know, exactly. So, so this guy I'm sure is very happy with that card and you know, they're happy, we're happy and win, win. And, and that's, that's all you can hope for. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I just love that. And I got a really excited message when it showed up at his door and he opened it and like everyone that is part of this hobby, whether you're investing or a collector knows that feeling of opening mail when you get a really sick card. Whether you're keeping it for a month, a year, or forever, like it is just so great to open something super cool. And that's one of the most beautiful cards that I've ever had in my hands. Yeah, I got a, I got a picture of it on my Instagram, so I will never hold that card. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, the, the picture is good enough. You know, the, the Instagram feed when I, I've already done it where I scroll back to the start of when I first started collecting slash investing again. And it, it's, it's funny to see sort of, 
you know your journey and and how things go and and you know how you level up and um yeah it'll be there and it's part of my adventure and i think um i i think we I, I think we did well. I think we executed the plan that we had and, you know, did all we could and it, you know, it worked out. And like I, I said on one of my videos, uh, a few videos back, you know, at the end of the day, you have to take some risks, you know, like, like for me, I bought a, fra uh, a portion of the card um, and, you know, there's, there's risk to that, but I, you know, I calculated out, I, I did the quick math. If I lost some money, it wasn't going to be a large amount of money. Like some money was coming back to me, at, you know, regardless of what we sold it at. So I have to put up the capital and then take the risk. But I, I felt like my downside was pretty limited and my upside was, you know, there, there was more of an upside than a downside. So hence why I made the decision. And then if I was on the fence at all, you know, this content and knowing that it would just be fun and the same thing, a learning lesson um, turned out to be a great experience. But but you got to take some risks, you know, get out there and, and, and do something. I mean, I remember when I asked you, I'm like, Hey Ryan, would you be interested in selling a piece of that? And you're like, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> like I'm, I'm a, I'm an ex poker player. I played a lot of poker and, and what you do in poker is you buy pieces of your friends, right? So if me and you were playing in a poker tournament, let's say it was $100, you know, I might say, can I buy a piece of you? So I'll buy a quarter. That means that I have, I give you $25 of that $100. And if you win any money, I get 25% of that. Anyways, it's really common in, in the poker world and, and perhaps not so common in cards, but uh, yeah, I, I took a chance and it worked out and I think it was just super fun. And that's what it's about, right? Yeah, it's 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 definitely for me like the experience is a huge part of it. Um both from like a learning experience and having a good time, uh having these discussions obviously is is very valuable and hopefully other people can take little nuggets uh from the experience that we had. Um I don't know whether this is like a repeatable experience yet. I think that it's possible that we like you could take this as like a strategy buying cards like clear cuts uh, and trying to kind of express grade them. Um, but I think, you know, this at this point, this is a one off. So we'd have to kind of test this with more cards uh, to see if this is repeat a repeatable um, kind of strategy. But, you know, like, I, I think that there are opportunities in doing things like this that aren't the standard buy a Young Guns at a price and then sell it at the next price. Yeah, I, I think you I think it's important to be thinking outside the box all the time and just think about other opportunities that are out there. Um, you know, when, when I first started into the hobby and, and started buying, like I was thinking, okay, well, I'm going to buy this card for $20 and hopefully I can sell it for 25. And then, you know, you learn and, you know, I learn about grading and I'm like, well, how does grading work anyways? And, and these things just evolve and there's always opportunities. It's, it's, you know, what you want to make of them. And, um, you know, I, again, that's, that's my favorite part of this is just growing, is growing growing my collection and growing you know the the value of them but in general um all of this the strategy behind it you know calculating it out spreadsheets all the you know some of that people don't like 
but that's that's what I enjoy is just growing and and doing these things. Yeah, and I mean, I I think like we're gonna get into our playoff picks here, but I think this is a natural point to say uh, if you want to come talk about this or any other strategy, uh, there is a near mint Discord where the two of us hang out. And you can come ask questions, discuss things, list your cards, anything hockey card world uh, related. Uh, and uh, the reason I bring this up is, you know, yourself, you're in there answering some really great questions, providing great insights, talking about strategy, um, like as much or more than I am, as well as lots of other smart people. So, yeah, I mean... It's just a, a really great community of really smart minds. And, you know, we're going to be better together than we are just like soloing it. Yeah, it's it's fun bouncing ideas off each other. You have, like we said before, you have all different kinds of guys in there. You have some vintage guys, you know, you have collectors, you have investors, you have flippers, you got some breakers like like there's everything in there. You have people new, people old um it, it's just fun and uh yeah definitely get in there and come and chat and we'd love to have you it's a good group of of individuals in there and and growing and that's awesome to see so it's fun yeah, yeah. more fun there's more there's a theme fun here it's fun <laughs> yeah yeah i just spun up today a playoffs channel to talk all about the playoffs because uh spoiler alert they're happening on saturday oh my god we got this episode yeah. in like just in time. It's Wednesday, by the way, for anyone watching this in the future. Um, and uh, yeah, they're going to start with the Caps and Bruins series this Saturday while there's still regular season games to be played. Uh, so we got to get we got to get rolling. Like <laughs> we got to make our picks. We got to look at the cards. Um, playoffs are starting. Yeah, absolutely. Super exciting. I mean. I don't even know where to go with this. I, I could go anywhere with this. I'm so excited. Like, there's going to be some great matchups. Yeah. Um, you know, outside of the cards, just the playoffs themselves. It looks like there's going to be some great series. There, there always are. Um, but yeah, when when they announced yesterday that I, I believe it was yesterday that they'd scheduled that game, or perhaps it was the day before. Anyways, I couldn't believe it. I'm I'm like, yeah, Saturday. Saturday is, <laughs> is playoffs. I, I thought I had another another week or so. Yeah, but I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Like playoff hockey is the time of year that I, I just love. Like especially the first round where you get to watch so many games and so many great matchups. Um, and this year with the new divisions, like it's kind of forced a couple things that we haven't seen, like the all Florida matchup the uh toronto against montreal that we haven't seen since the 70s like it's just gonna be so good it, it is it's it's gonna be great so i know i joined the hockey card world last year kind of mid playoffs uh and i think you were around the same time uh is was there anything last year that you know as a pretty fresh face to the to the hockey card scene that you learned and took away from that experience kind of jumping into it during the playoffs well yeah when when i started um it it was well i know the first card i bought was on september 12th i remember um but i believe that was um no, September 12th, because I just looked at this the other day. September 12th must have been like the Stanley Cup final when I bought the first card. 
A anywho, I I do remember. I mean, Braden Point at that time was was a big card last year with him going into the finals. Miro Heiskanen was another was a big one over in um, over in Dallas, along with probably Denis Kurianov was getting a lot of talk. So I mean, I think you can take a look at that and sort of see the commonality with you know age, like like. I, I don't think people were looking for, or or I shouldn't say that, but last year anyways, the eyes weren't on the veterans so much. People were looking for the young guys to really step up um, and make things happen. And, you know, I don't, I don't expect much different this year. Um, yeah. But uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. My, my philosophy coming into this before we get into the picks, I guess I'll, I'll start by saying is, I, I do have some picks. I've made some purchases on Com C, relatively small ones where I've I've bought some inexpensive cards, you know, and bought a volume of them. Uh, but this year for me was more about exactly like watching and seeing what happens with the market and see who takes off and who's getting the attention on what teams. Uh, because I'm I'm honest, honestly, I just. I, I don't know. Like, is it just Braden Point again? Like, the same thing <laughs> just happens. Um, and, and I'll finish my thought off by just saying, I did actually just release a video on my... Check me out on YouTube, by the way, if you haven't already. Sick plug. I just <laughs> throw that in. Anyways, I, uh, I, I just released a video this week talking about the cycle of hockey cards going from um, regular season you know, into playoffs where you see a player start rising. And obviously, as they go into the playoffs, get deeper into the playoffs, as you would expect, that card continues to increase in price. And after the Stanley Cup is awarded, everyone drops off. That includes Stanley Cup winners. And then they hit sort of a plateau bottom uh, over the summer or over the off season last year because it wasn't summertime last year. But um, over the off season, they hit a bottom. And then you see, as we come up to regular season again, you see the hype uh, building and people are making their picks uh, and doing that and you really see prices start to come up again uh, so longevity in the playoffs looks to be something that you're going to want and um, yeah I'm, I'm excited to watch how it plays out this year and, and see who whose card price goes up and uh, and who doesn't will uh, you know may actually surprise me a little bit more I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing both sides of it yeah, that's a good point. There, there's definitely some guys that you think might go up that just kind of don't. Um, and yeah, like, so I bought a lot of Oilers cards probably a month ago that I kind of have my finger on the trigger to unload in the playoffs. And I, I, I've kind of been saving a bunch of cards that I didn't want to list until the playoffs because, as you know, like, a guy can pop off like Guryanov did last year, Kubalik did last year, and their price just kind of skyrockets. So it's a very opportunistic time. Um, but maybe I'm a little different in that the last week, which admittedly is maybe a bit late, uh, I've been buying a few cards of, of players that I think uh, can be successful in the playoffs and will kind of have a lot of hype going on um, and should be like relatively quick returns. Um, but all that, I think we're going to dig deeper as we make our picks and critique each other. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to make one pick from each division, one player, uh, and probably for the sake of argument, we're going to use young guns prices in Canadian so we can kind of judge like value. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to use as a baseline. However, 
you know, if we say buy McDavid, for example, you know, you don't have to buy his young guns. You can go at a cheaper card um, or a crazier card if that's your cup of tea. Get like a Future Watch Auto or something. Um, but yeah, I think the focus should be on the players, kind of. We just have to use something as a benchmark. Um, and the other thing I'll say before we get started is the prices are changing like hourly or daily. So like I have some prices here, but you know, if you watch this tomorrow, because people are getting so hot and heavy about the playoffs, they're going to be rising kind of constantly from this point forward. Yeah, I so I took all of my prices off of Com C, uh, which I'm using primarily right now, and I'll just convert them like roughly in my head to Canadian dollars since, um, yeah, that's the the pricing we're going to use. But pricing is changing, and not just for guys going into the playoffs, just in general. I think there's a little bit more attention. I think there's more people thinking about this, thinking about their playoff plays. Um, over the season, you know, the season is just the season. So a, a lot of teams knew a while ago that their team was going to get in. Other team, other people knew that their team was, you know, done for the year a while ago. And then there's a few teams, very, very few teams that were sort of in the middle that were actually fighting for a spot. Like we didn't, we didn't see a heck of a lot of playoff fighting, uh, which is unfortunate, but that's the way it goes and it's a short season and that's okay. Uh, but the prices are changing rapidly, so it, it feels to me like there's just more um, more volume and attention. And that also may have to do with EPAC, um, you know, just released Season 2 last week as well. So perhaps that's why there's more people on Com C, but it seems really busy there and prices are, um, prices are really changing literally hourly. Yeah, uh, yeah. If not quicker. Yeah, I agree with you, and I find even as a fan in the last two to four weeks maybe even a bit longer in a normal season um you've, you're kind of like you're not watching as much hockey you're not as stoked um but the like week before the playoffs start you really start like ramping up again you know you're getting excited you're, if your team's going to be in it if your team's not going to be in it you're like making picks or whatever it is um you know your fantasy hockey season ends and you're getting you're getting excited about the playoffs again and, and i think a lot of people kind of come back and so more attention on the sport means more cards being listed more cards being bought higher prices it's this this whole hobby is about hype right yeah exactly i'm with you why don't we, let's get into it though let's do Who's it going first uh so we're going to start with the central division which is carolina florida Tampa Bay and Nashville and uh, since you're the guest I'll give you the first selection in this uh, draft <laughs> if you want to call it that <laughs> in, in this draft so I mean I'll start by saying first of all this division is going to be really fun as well you know Nashville's going in as the fourth seed they're coming in seven two and one so this you know there there's no cakewalks for anyone here that that being Carolina who's playing them in the first uh in the first round and then we got the florida versus tampa bay uh the two and three seeds going against each other you know florida has been really surprising they lost aaron Eckblatt, but i i'm still you know i like them i i, I like them as a team and I'd, I'd like to see them be able to to push through i i don't know but having said that i'll get to my pick i'm i'm just saying it, it's going to be a great division these games are going to be fun but my pick is going to be from the Carolina Hurricanes. 
And I'm going to stick with sort of what I saw last year in the younger player hype and people going with that. And I know the people who know me think that I'm going to say Andrei Svechnikov because I am an Andrei Svechnikov guy. And, and I do have Andrei Svechnikov cards here that, that will be wrapped up and ready to go. But I'm not. I'm going to go with the younger talent and I'm going to go with Martin Neckash at $25. Okay, if, if Caroline is going to roll through, they're going to have two tough rounds. And if they're going to roll through, they're going to need depth past um, past Aho and Svechnikov. And Nekash is that next guy. You got Trocek in there. That's why they're good this year is because they have guys past Aho and um, Svechnikov. So I'm thinking that the market is really going to latch on to Martin Nekash. If if he pops off with, you know, a Hattie and, you know, Aho has two assists, Fetch has one or whatever on the power play, like, and Nekash is the beneficiary, like, like that's a card that, that uh, will be going up. So on Com C, that card was twenty five dollars US. So I don't. I'm not absolutely in love with that price. That would be the equivalent of um, about thirty one dollars Canadian. Uh, but having said that, that card can easily braid and point to sixty plus dollars if if he does go off. Yeah. And he's also an individual. See, I see two things. There's two ways to do it. He can put up a big night we'll see the card pop and the other thing is longevity in the playoffs yeah and i think he's sort of got capability of both so even if they get bounced in the first round if he comes out in game two and puts up you know like i said a four-point game or something there's going to be a, a really small selling window there um but i also think that carolina can go deep so he's got a couple things going for him so martin neckash my number one pick yeah and, and i like that pick i actually was looking at him and you know, recent sales anywhere from 20 to 40 Canadian. So some people got in there with some steals in the last few days uh, on a young talent in Carolina, which I agree with you. Like I have Carolina going to uh, the, no, not the semis. Yes. Sorry. I have Carolina going to the cup. I was, I was looking at my bracket going oh. like, no, that's not the semis. That's the final. Um, because I, I just, I just believe in them this year. Um, they're really deep. They've got a good team. Last year, they had some some early success, and you know, I I find teams that win the cup tend to have to go through uh, a year where they are a favorite, but they don't do it. Kind of like Tampa Bay. Uh, and so yeah, I I was actually looking at the same team, and when you started talking, I thought you were gonna pick my guy. So close, close call. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, for for uh, for your pick there, I think he's more likely to have a big night, and that's going to be your time. Uh, I I still think like he could have a great playoffs overall, and and there they go deep. Um, but my guy, I would say, is maybe a little bit safer, uh, a little bit more of a known talent. And you mentioned him. It is Sebi Aho, who you know. It's not that easy to find a deal on right now, but his price point is still like when you look at him compared to Sveshnikov, for example, he's three times Sveshnikov is three times more expensive than Aho. In in I mean, depending what price, but Aho you can get between 35, 50, maybe a little over 50 Canadian. Um, and I just think like last year he was incredible. Like he he was destroying the playoffs uh and that when you look at young guns prices is still really low for a star in the league and uh given that i have these guys going to the cup final 
seems like a smart play to me. Yeah, I mean, how do you go wrong with Aho? He he gets a lot of the attention too. He's he's a great player. Um, it, it's it's just the depth, absolutely. Like Carolina's got it all going, you know. Um, last year they relied a lot on you know Teravainen, uh, Aho, and and Svech sort of bulking it up in one line and and hoping that they get enough done to win hockey games. And this year they've put together three, you know, three pretty good lines and, and then have a good fourth depth line as well. Um, so, you know, goaltending maybe maybe a question over there. Um, but they they have how do you even say the backup's name anyways? He I was actually oh. looking at one of his cards. Nadalskovich. I believe it's Nadalskovich, but I, I, it's it's a tough one. But yeah, he's been a guy that I've had my eye on for a while as like a guy that could pop off. And uh, he's arrived. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to get the start over over Mrazek. No, I I believe they're yeah they'll they'll be playing Mrazek. But I mean, they got a good backup there. If they get bombed in game one, who knows? It, I'll, I'll tell you what though, if if Mrazek gets bombed in game one and they the Del Joke gets in the net i will own some of those young guns yeah okay i i will be very quickly going and grabbing some of those um but uh yeah i i like aho and and i think that's a, a great pick as well so do you have carolina coming out of that division or did you go with carolina just because you know the tampa players have have gotten their hype i haven't actually put together a pool i don't know who i have coming out of this division i i I, I, I honestly find it really tough this year. Usually I'm really confident and I can I can come up with reasons why I think Team X will beat and and do that. These are there's some really good matchups this year. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna have to really sit down and, and focus on it. So I uh, having said that, I, I do think Carolina has a, a very good shot at winning the division. I think Tampa Bay is a little bit less threatening than they were uh, last year. And, and even through the, well, they just got bombed by Nashville yesterday, five, nothing, um, you know? So I, I think Carolina has a shot and yes, uh, I, I wouldn't have gone with a Nashville player just because I think they're more speculative, but I go with a Carolina player because I certainly think that they have a really good shot at the division. Love it. Okay. We're going to move on to the East division next which is Pittsburgh versus the Islanders, which is going to be a great series. And then Washington versus Boston. Chera in the matchup against his old team. Uh, and this division I found to be very difficult to choose winners. I found it very difficult to choose a player. I think this is the one that I'm actually least excited about any card in this entire division. Um that like compared to the other divisions so i don't know this was a really tough one for me there was there was there's definitely some opportunity there uh but i it, it was harder um and so you know I, th I this is my player but i probably would pick any of the other three over this guy uh the other three division players that i'm gonna make um so basically i was looking at matchups and i think that new york the islanders have a really strong team they've got more depth than last year which is wild they added zajac and palmieri at the deadline ish and uh, that's basically a whole line uh and they've got one of the best coaches in the league 
it's just a it's just a really well put together team. And so I think they're gonna beat a Pittsburgh team that is still Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin, but isn't the same team they were. Um, and I think that they can beat Boston or Washington too. But like I said, th- like this is a tough one for me. Um, but with all that said, I was looking at the Islanders players and, you know, Barzal is an obvious choice. And I do think that he's a good buy. His value should go up if, if what I'm saying happens. Um, but I don't think it's going to go up as much uh, as this player um, because Barzal is already at like 60 to 80, maybe even more Canadian. Uh, so like maybe he'll double. Um, but I think there's an opportunity in a little guy called Beauvillier, who last year in the playoffs was amazing, plays top minutes, and you can get his young guns for like 10 bucks. And if he goes off similar to what you were talking about, has a great game or, you know, like last year has a great playoffs, there's no way he's going to cost $10 anymore. Oh, Anthony Beauvillier, great pick. I picked up a couple of Beauvilliers at the start of the season. Um, I, To be honest, I'm not super familiar with him. He's playing with, it looks like he's lined up with Nelson and Bailey on the second line. Um, I, I was actually contemplating, um, well, I'm, I'm with you. I had a very tough time with this division. Uh, it, it was to the point where I was trying to do my picks this afternoon, and I had just spent too much time. I had gone up and down the rosters, and... I, I just didn't know where to go. Uh, I, I was going to actually default or, or go to Wallstrom on the Islanders, who, who I think is, is a reasonable play. Um, but there were just a couple things I didn't like. His, his production's been down. He's got four points in the last few games. I guess this is sort of an honorable mention in a, a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got four points in his last five games played. He was a goal scorer, but he's had a hard time doing it since he left the U18... Uh, uh united states since he left their development program but i don't know this this division any team who wins this division is capable not sorry i think any team in this division is capable of winning the stanley cup it would not surprise me if you said the islanders the number four seed won the stanley cup nor the boston bruins nor the washington capitals nor the pittsburgh penguins pittsburgh's been there before washington was just there um boston's always there uh you know this is gonna be a bloodbath and that pittsburgh islanders series pittsburgh is the highest scoring team in the league is are the islanders gonna be able to stop them you know, Pittsburgh won four of the of the eight games that they played against each other, uh, or sorry, six of the eight games, four of them in regulation. Um, so other two were either overtime or shootout, I guess. But that series is is going to be good. I'm I, I was lost on this. I'm I, I'm right there with you. So when you when you said that, it was sort of <laughs> it was sort of funny. I, I was in the same boat. Um, okay, so who, like, why don't you tell me who do you think is going to win that division if you have to make a pick, and then who's your guy? I, you know, I'm, my bias is going to, is going to kick in here, and I'm going to cheer for Sid, um, and, you know, they're at the top of the division, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I also have an OV, uh, Young Guns Mm. PSA 10 here that I want to sell, so I would love to see Washington win the division. So I have, I have a couple of different things going on. 
I, I don't, I don't, I, I think Pittsburgh's going to do it. I, I, I have zero confidence when I say that. <laughs> this division, literally, and these matchups, I just think are going to be, are going to be awesome. But I'll, I'll get to my pick without talking about this division over and over. If Washington does win, um, which will help my Alexander Ovechkin card, I, I think they're going to need some help in net and it's a funny pick because I'm always talking about how I'm not a goalie guy I don't buy goalies I don't believe in goalies um, from a young gun perspective from an investment perspective not that I don't like goalies I played in that like my whole life through right. junior like I, I love goalies um, but I'm you know there's a million reasons I'm sure we've talked about it before but so the guys in the guys from the Discord are laughing at me because they're like, Aaron Lapper is going to pick a goalie, and I am. I, I'm going to go with Vitek Vanacek. If if Washington is going to have a shot in this division to get through, they're going to need goaltending, and Vanacek is at a merely uh, seven dollars US. So let's call that nine dollars Canadian. Um, you can grab this guy for, and that's a card. Again, I, I wouldn't want to be holding it past the playoffs. And if they get bounced the first round, it, the card's likely just going to stay right there. It's going to do absolutely nothing. But if they can get to the semifinals, you know, I, I don't see any reason why this $10 Canadian card wouldn't be, you know, double that. Um, he, he's going to have to do something to help them out. So Vitek Vanacek, 2.6, 2.69 goals against, 9.08 save percentage. He's won three of his last four. He got pulled the game before that, got bombed for five goals, but I, I think they're going to need it. So I'm going with Vanacek. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. And Washington has ridden goalies to cups in the past with Holtby there. Uh, Gerbauer yeah. played good for them. Like So that's interesting. I thought you were going to say uh, Anthony Mantha, who was kind of my runner-up, actually, because I think he kind of lost a lot of traction playing in Detroit. And he's a guy that I could see really popping off for them. And also, they're going to need more than Ovi to just score goals. So that's kind of, I guess, my honorable mention in this this division. Yeah, absolutely. Again, all, all these things, I, I'm just excited to watch it because I have no idea what's going to happen. I hope Ovi scores a bunch of goals. I hope I sell my Ovechkin. <laughs> I hope Vanacek's card goes up. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, I, I like that as like a safe move too, because his card is still relatively new, right? It came out this year, and so like it's not gonna drop in value really. Like there's still people that are interested generally. Um, yeah, like it. Yeah, it, it, it's a price point everyone can afford, right? You now, I'm certainly not saying go and buy it because I said that, but if if it makes you think of something, and you're like, yeah, maybe you know that's a good price, and and it could go up, you know. I think it's an entry point that uh, everyone can afford. And if you want to buy a Vanacek or two, then, you know, um, it's, you know, $9. So, and if you do it on Com C, you don't have to pay that shipping either. I mean, God, sometimes, you know, it's $4 shipping on eBay. You buy it on Com C, it's, it's $7 US, no shipping, and flip it there, and life is good. Yeah, that's an interesting point, too. Just uh, quick flips on Com C if you don't want to be waiting. Um, because there is a bit of an issue in playoffs if you're buying cards in the next few days or even like a week into playoffs like you got to wait for them to come and you know your team could get bounced in that time or like anything could happen so yeah that's that's a that's a good point if you're just trying to do little quick flips um 
and to your point about giving advice to people, you know, I hope that you like our picks, but I think more important is the reason we make them. So if you think that we're out to lunch and you think Boston is going to smoke this division, like use that in your decision making and go out and get like, I don't know, Jake DeBrusque or Pasternak if you can afford them or like you don't have to follow our picks exactly, but the strategy I think is what's really important. Yeah, for sure. What's next? What's next is the West Division, and I have a feeling I know your bias in this division because it includes Vegas playing St. Louis and Colorado playing Minnesota. Uh, I think that could still change, right? Or is it finalized? Um, no, that can change. If yeah. Colorado wins out, if Colorado wins their last two games against LA, then they will be they will win the division, and it would that would make it a Colorado versus St. Louis and a Vegas versus Minnesota. Um, but as it sits right now, it is Vegas versus Min- uh, St. Louis and Colorado versus Minnesota. Okay, so um, we'll we'll go with that because it's the most likely scenario, and yeah. you know. I don't think a ton changes if those matchups uh, swap. Like, I don't think there's an easy out in this division for either of those top teams. Um, the top teams being Colorado and Vegas. I hope people are on on board with me there. Uh, they've been favorites since before the season started. Uh, but yeah, I like this is a really interesting division for me. It's an exciting one. Um, I really like Vegas. Uh, as a complete team and Colorado is just so exciting and they have such good talents and I think either of them could win this division personally like I I fully expect them to both get through the first round and then have one of the ultimate matchups in playoff history uh, which it's a little sad that it has to happen in the second round but hey you got to get through the good teams to win in the playoffs so let's see it happen Um, I, I really like Again, like this was a tough one for me. Like I don't know who will win between those two, assuming that they do get there. Um, but when I look at investing in cards, and I look at Vegas, there's I don't like to buy guys that like aren't homegrown talents kind of thing. So on Vegas, there's very few guys that are in Vegas jerseys on their Young Guns card because their team came from everywhere else, right? Um, as much as I love Mark Stone, like he's got a Senators jersey on, it's just not—it's not as cool. Um, it's a lot more talents in Colorado that have been there forever, uh, and I mean that's why they're such a good team. They've found these talents and just kept them. Uh, and I like before I make my pick, I—I I think you could look at Colorado and choose any of their stars, and you'd be just fine. Uh, there's so many good picks on that team like definitely go buy a colorado card is is kind of my first advice (laughs) um but i I went a little bit of a different direction here and i should preface this by saying i've also bought mckinnon and rantanen and colorado cards recently so you know (laughs) don't let this sway your decision completely but i went i went towards vegas here and i picked uh mr tuck on vegas because i think there's opportunity there his card is still like pretty cheap kind of similar to my last pick his card you can pick up 
as low as five dollars i saw it sell recently um but probably more realistically in the like 15 dollar neighborhood uh and he's gonna be their depth scoring he's he's definitely an electric guy i think he's a playoff type player uh that if they go deep he's gonna be key and he's gonna probably have a two goal three goal night and uh yeah 10 to 15 dollars is not where his card is gonna be if that happens yeah that that's not a pick i would have made (laughs) 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 you know i i i think you know i i think it's great that different people have different opinions and um It'll be interesting. I wouldn't have thought, you know, I thought I had you pegged for most of this and, and had a good idea of who, who you would get on and, and not be on. Um, Alex Tuck is, a, is an interesting one. I mean, he's got 32 points, 54 games. Got 18 goals. Yeah. Nothing wrong with 18 goals in a short season. Um, you know, looking at Alex Tuck, I would, I would, I would probably want him to, to get a Hattie. And uh, I'd be, I'd be listing, listing pretty quick, but... Vegas is dangerous. This division is is another one. Just going to be two great matchups. I think Minnesota isn't getting enough credit, and um, you know, I'm everyone knows I'm a Colorado fan, but Minnesota is not getting any credit, and I don't think that that's fair at all. Um, but it, it's just going to be another great division with with great games. I mean, having said that, I am a Colorado fan. I'm not going to take someone. From who's not from Colorado, and now you make me feel bad about my pick because you're right. It's like go and grab an Avs guy, but <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm I'm just buying more Miko. I mean, yeah. Last year, last year when Colorado made it to the semifinal and played um, and played Dallas was the first time that the world really got a look at Nathan McKinnon because there were only two games going, and and each team, you know, you have your own night, right? So the whole world is watching you. And Nathan McKinnon got that exposure last year, and people really got an understanding for how good Nathan McKinnon was. Um, and I still don't think that people recognize Miko enough. And if, if Colorado is going to make a cup run, and maybe they win the Stanley Cup, the thing is really hard to win, so I'm always reluctant. Yeah. But, I mean, they have a shot, let's be honest. They have, they have a legit shot. Miko is going to be a huge part of that. It's it's obviously you know Miko Gabe and um, Miko Gabe and Nate accounted for seventy five points combined. Okay, and, and that's their line when they're together on their line. That's not their total points that they have. Does that make sense? Like their line so, scored seventy five goals. No, seventy five points combined. So that's that's goals and assists just when they're together at even strength. Gotcha. gotcha. So if you yeah, yeah, so if you put someone else in there, if Nazim Kadri was on the ice, it doesn't go towards yeah. Nate and you know. Anyways, the only other team to score above fifty points from a line was do you want to take a shot at this? Because I, I feel like you'll you'll get it. And and uh, it's, yeah. it's t- so like the Oilers have scored so many points that that's what I would like initially think, but their lines are like never together. So like, so like, I don't know if that would really be it. My like my my mind just goes to the past uh, Marshawn Bergeron line because it's just elite. Exactly, they tied. So they, okay. you know, Miko, Nate, and Gabe had seventy-five points combined, and then the Pasternak, Marshawn, uh, Bergeron. 
it's Bergeron, right? Yep. Bergeron's yeah. the third on there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were tied at 75, and they were the only two lines in the NHL above uh, above 50 points, and they each had 75 combined. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, like, before we move on, like, I, I like to think that everyone thinks those are the two best lines in hockey, and I think, like, I'd throw my hat in there that's saying the three best lines in hockey are those two lines, and then McDavid and whoever else. <laughs> yeah well see that's the thing though the these guys have longevity and yeah. they actually stay together as a line and and there's nothing wrong with having a player like Connor mcdavid that exactly i can go i can go and skate with him and i'm probably <laughs> going to put up some uh put up some apples or or maybe he just banks it off my stick into the net or something um but yeah, so I'm going with Miko Ratton, and he was at, you know, he's at $51. I think people are going to get a better look at him this year if they can move forward and get into the semifinal. Um, the guy's just getting better and better and better, and him and Nate just have more chemistry, and Gabe's having a breakthrough year. Landeskog isn't uh, a bad, probably probably more of a sleeper pick. It's actually a hard card to find as well, uh, those Avs top guys, yeah. uh, Landy specifically, but... You know, I'm an Avs fan. I'm going to take an Av. I hope you buy a Miko. I hope they win the cup and you make a bunch of money. Yeah, I actually have a, a Landeskog. He's one of the first guys that I bought because I thought it was so crazy underpriced. Um, but I've also been smashing by on Rantanen recently, and I've already had a bunch of them uh, graded and raw because like his price used to be insane. Like I, nobody understood how good this guy was, and it's it's I compare it to Drysital, except Drysital has has found the fame now, but previously no one understood how good he was, and I think the same thing is going on with Rantanen. He is just so good and being overshadowed a little bit by McKinnon, but in the playoffs. People are going to realize this guy is a monster. He's huge, and he's talented, and I think that's an excellent pick. It's actually my runner-up pick, and I've been buying his cards. And uh, I actually just acquired a PSA 10 Future Watch Auto, Miko Rantanen. Did you really? I sure did. Wow. I'm, uh, I, I, do have a, I do have a Future Watch Auto, Miko Rantanen. It will not get a 10, um, so I will be getting one of those, uh, and I'll sell this off to pay for a piece of that, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'll, I'll be getting one of those. That's that's awesome you got one, though. Yeah, it was actually one of the things that I purchased with our Kaprizov profits, Okay. Um, because uh, I, had, I had to put that back in somewhere, but yeah, it is it is a great card, and, and uh, yeah, I love that pick. So... So would that be a piece that you would move if it saw a dramatic increase in the playoffs, or was that more a card you were going to hold? What was the what was the plan in buying that? I don't know if you said. I think I will move it if uh, I see the right price, or maybe I'll list it if they have success at a price that I'd be happy with. But I also right. I also think that you know if they go on do well and I keep it till next year. Uh, it's a really low pop. I don't want to say the number because I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's like 20 or something. Uh, like there's not very many of them. So it's kind of right. it's kind of a good card to hold or or flip if you want to use that word. 
Yeah, and it's it's a few years old now. It's getting it's going to be harder and harder to find in good condition. So it's like either either it's a ten or it's not. I mean, I guess some people have these buried in boxes still, but um, yeah, I'm going to have one of those. I don't yet. Well, maybe it'll come from it. me. You never know. <laughs> hey, I yeah, maybe I. I I won't say that's not happening for sure. That's awesome. Okay, we've saved the Canadian division for last. The North Division, if you want to call it that. Um, it's got a classic matchup of Toronto versus Montreal, which we have not seen in, I think it's like over 40 years. So that is going to be really exciting. And I think Montreal has put together a deeper team than people give them credit for, although they are dealing with some injuries. Um, I still have Toronto beating them, but I, I think they'll they'll put up a fight. And then we've got uh, Edmonton against Winnipeg, which I think Edmonton matches up very well against them, but I don't want to discredit Winnipeg. They've got some talent there, and that's going to be a really fun series to watch no matter what happens. Yeah, I'm here in Winnipeg. I watched the game last night. Um, they looked better last night, but up until that point, like these guys are in trouble. If you would have asked me three weeks ago... Um, yeah, we, I, you know, we we had the whole city here. I have all my friends talking about Winnipeg, 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 and you know, there there were no complaints. Everything everything was going great. They were complaining. Well, now they're really complaining because the Jets are having a tough time. Um, you know, they're 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 banged up a little bit. Ehlers is out. Um, Hellebuck has looked like anyone but Hellebuck. Hmm. Um, and, and the Jets rely on that. They, they've, they've relied on it for about four years now, but Hellebuck's bailed them out. And for only one of those years, he got a Vezina. He would be a Vezina candidate this year if, if uh, I, I think the North didn't get off to that crazy start, which, which likely dragged his numbers a little bit. Um, but that's, that's going to be a good series, and we'll, we'll see. Um, having said that, I mean, I'll lead right into my pick. I don't know if I'm overstepping you here, but you know I'm I'm still I'm still gonna stick with the Jets. Um, I I think that the Jets can get it together, maybe. I don't know, but I'm going with Kyle Connor. I mean, my boy, he's at thirty-one dollars. He scored. Uh, did he have one or two last night? Anyways, he's on a no. He has a two-game goal streak going again because he'd gone dry for a little bit but the guy scores goals he's got 24 goals this year 24 assists 48 points in 55 games if winnipeg's gonna have a shot kyle connor's gonna have to do it you know you're you're gonna need connor doing it you're gonna need wheeler helping out wheeler had a great game last night and then shifes has been the guy this year i called connor at the start of the year to lead goals to lead assists and to lead points obviously and shifes was the guy and he's gonna need to step up his game even more if winnipeg's gonna have any sort of shot but uh um kyle connor i'd be careful with that pick <laughs> to be honest <laughs> yeah i mean it's never a bad idea to go to with a goal scorer and i think a lot of people have been talking about kyle connor as a card to buy because he has been undervalued as a very talented player that can put up 30 40 goals in a season no problem um i think like the thing with this division is winnipeg has the least hype as far as like the card world goes so you know even if they win this division i i kind of see the the multiplication factor being less with guys on winnipeg um but 
that's not to say that they that's not a bad that it is a bad pick i think i think it's still good um and, and like there were so many great picks in this division like honestly like if you want to pick a division to focus on and like don't go anywhere else this is not a bad one to start because you've got the Maple Leafs, who look like a great team, and you know how much people love them. You've got the Habs, where people go crazy, and you know if a guy has a good night, or God forbid they upset the Maple Leafs, those cards are gonna go nuts. Uh, and then you've got my boys in Edmonton, and uh, you know they're just money over there. Like you, you can't go wrong with Edmonton cards, and I I do think I do believe in them. Um, I think they match up well against all these teams, actually. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm sticking with my boys, kind of like you stuck with your boys. And a player that I've been talking about for a while that has yet to catch fire, both on the ice and in the card world. Um, but I, I really think that he could be a guy that has some big, big nights for the Oilers, provides that depth scoring they're going to need if they win. Uh, and that is going to be my man, Kyler Yamamoto. And uh, yeah, not coming. yeah it's, not it, coming. it's not that big a surprise. Um, his cards are still at about 20 bucks, his young guns. And like, that's not going to stay if he is a, is a main reason that they're winning games. Um, and I just like, as much as Dreisaitl and McDavid are going to carry them, and I mean having those guys to sell is obviously a great thing. Um, but they need that depth scoring. They need that, that guy to come in score from the second or third line. That isn't like expected to put up a point or two a game. Um, and he also is kind of like the backup option on their power play. If other things aren't going well. So I kind of like that you might see some time there. Um, so yeah, Yam is my guy. And, uh, it was basically 50-50 between him and Willie Nylander for me, to be honest. I I was looking at Nylander, and I thought you might too. I got, yeah, I had you pretty pegged other than uh, <laughs> Tuck. You got, you got Tuck over on me. But, yeah, I, I like Yamamoto as well. I, I think it lines up with last year too. Like, like a lot of the attention still is going to be or perhaps more of the upside is going to be on the younger rookies um, who, you know, haven't established themselves yet. So if Yama's getting a point per game or he has a three-point night, like that card is going to have a lot more room to move than if McDavid has a three-point night. I don't think his card's going to move a heck of a lot. It'll move as they progress through the playoffs. Yeah. But, you know, in Yama, Yama, you, you'll see that spike yeah. right as it's happening. For sure. You know, you'll you'll see that spike in the market instantly. So I really like that, and that is also one of the reasons where I talked earlier. There's a couple ways to sort of grow the value, and that's like longevity in the playoffs. So the further you go, the higher your card price will hopefully go with you. And the other the other reason um, I'm still defending my my Connor pick is just because I I think Connor is capable of you know easily a two three four goal night. Yeah. And if they can light up the Oilers in game one, and you know Connor has a Hattie and maybe an Apple with it, um, you know we'll we'll see what happens to that card. But he's capable of that. So. More so than I think that Winnipeg's going to win the Stanley Cup, because that's certainly not what I'm saying. <laughs> They're going to have a tough time getting through Edmonton. I'm not even going to favor them in that series. Um, but, you know, there's that upside. But I, I, I definitely love your pick. And, 
yeah, we're we're gonna see what uh, what Yama does in the playoffs. I saw that he missed the game today, right? He has some undisclosed something going on. Yeah, yeah, and, and like it's hard to say with like no like meaningful games left if like they just want to rest him because he's got like a bone bruise yeah. or something like that or if something real is going on um but yeah i, I did want to talk about nylander a little bit because i actually bought a few of his cards today um he's a guy that like you can get his card for 50 60 canadian which is a little higher than some but he's on the maple leafs where cards are like marner is like 300 and some dollars and he is like a pure goal scorer. So it's not crazy to say that like he'd get 10 to 15 goals in the playoffs and like literally light it up. And if you're doing that on the Maple Leafs and their winning series, like $50 is way too low for your young guns. Yeah, it's, I, I actually had a look at William Nylander myself. The only reason that I didn't truly consider him, consider him, was just because of price point, and I thought it was a little bit much. And then when, you know, you have a young gun at that price, you obviously wonder how much upside there is. It was sort of the same issue I had with Barzell. Is Bar- Barzell's the chalk. Like, like it's pretty yeah. easy to pick Barzell if you, if you believe in the Islanders, and that's what you should do. You know, that, that makes sense. Um... But when you're at a sixty to eighty dollar card, the question is, can you go to you know, can you are you going from eighty to a hundred or eighty to two hundred? Because you can get some lower price cards that go from twenty to eighty. Yeah. That's you know, you're doing four hundred or three hundred percent there, and are you no, know, it's it's relative, but the the price point is just what really kept me away. Yeah, that's fair. I think the one interesting thing to note with Nylander or Barzell, Barzell's a little higher, but like i think there's maybe like a one percent chance that those cards go any lower um and like a good chance that they go up uh it's just like as you say does nylander go from 50 to 200 like my thoughts are like if if marner is 350 300 and that and nylander is 50 like why is marner six times as expensive now, obviously, he's he's a character and he's amazing and like he, he does things on the ice kind of similar to Barzal that are just awesome. So I'm not saying they should be the same, but I think there's a lot of room for Nylander. Yeah, and um, I don't have Nylander's numbers in front of me. I can I can pull them up. I, I did look at them this afternoon and I know that they weren't. Um, extremely impressive i believe he had somewhere around i thought it was oh and i pull up alex nylander of course <laughs> yeah unfortunately he's not not, not uh, playoff relevant or that relevant in general yeah so he had he had 17 goals this year in 49 games uh 41 points in 49 games but the the 17 goals for for a guy like william nylander Certainly capable of scoring. Um, I that would I'm guessing that that would be below his pace from last year, where he had 31 goals in 68 games. Um, but for that card to go up, uh, he's gonna have to light that lamp. Oh yeah, I, I think it's the only way it happens. I, I don't think him having a even if he was to put up a three assist night, I don't think anyone really notices. I, I think he's got to be the guy celebrating, um, celebrating the puck in the back of the net uh, off of his stick. Yeah, see the card price, but 
these are the things this is why it's fun though these are the things i'm going to be watching and and see what happens and how the card market reacts to to all these different situations that are you know inevitable and gonna happen as we go along this 2021 playoff adventure yeah yeah i'm just so excited to see what happens um before we wrap here i want to put you on the spot who's winning in the stanley cup the colorado avalanche well there's going to be one thing we agree on today then because <laughs> that's that's my pick You're, too. are you really picking the abs i am yeah yeah, yeah. i could show you there i've got my i've got my ghetto bracket in front of you it's got colorado uh, who, who do you got colorado lined up against carolina carolina yeah i i i wrote edmonton on my card but that's just because i couldn't bring myself not to write them down um but but i was doing my bracket and i was seeing carolina versus edmonton i i was having super ptsd uh from the last time carolina played edmonton in the playoffs and like that year i think carolina's team beat us and like probably shouldn't have this year it will be a different story where carolina probably should beat the oilers <laughs> yeah yeah, well, we'll see. It's it's going to be fun. I'm I'm a little bit surprised you picked Colorado, but at the same time, I'm not. I mean, they are the favorites going in. And, you know, it, it was almost more fun, to be quite honest, when we were like the underdogs. And mm-hmm. I knew how good the team was, but no one else knew how good it was. The You know, the, the, the wider market didn't know. When you go in, you know, being a favorite, much like Tampa Bay last year, um, like I said, the cup is hard to win, so they're gonna have a shot. And but they got to do it. At the end of the day, you just got to get 16 wins. That's all it boils down to. 16 more. And yep. I hope they do it. It's been a long time, not as long as it has for you Leafs fans, but <laughs> uh, you know that's that's how she goes. And I hope it happens. Yeah, it's an extremely difficult trophy to win. I like the NHL is so even that like you know the worst team in this playoffs is maybe Nashville or Winnipeg. And like those teams could upset a a couple of rounds and I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, like that was unheard of. Um, And yeah, like I, I just think Colorado is built so well uh, to, to go deep in the playoffs. And I think, honestly their toughest challenge is going to be vegas so like i could be wrong early but you know like they just have to go through vegas at some point yeah they're gonna have to beat minnesota then ultimately beat vegas or beat st louis and then beat vegas i think that's the way that it's gonna go too i'm you know i'm more confident i feel like vegas is gonna win i don't know man it's my (laughs) team and it's always like I hope it's that easy, guys, but it's never that easy. Again, that's why I say too, like no one's talking about Minnesota here, and I don't think it's fair. They've had they've had a good year, you know. They're seven one and two in their last ten games. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's it's playoff time now. It's just winning games. That's it. You, no complaints. There's no excuses. You just win games, and hopefully you bought some cards to bring this full circle. Hopefully you bought some cards of some of those players. And, you know, you can see some uh, upside and, and have some have some fun with all of it. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And to bring it even more full circle, Kaprizov might carry the at the wild. So 
I mean, I guess you'll get to see a lot of him, right? Assuming the series stays the same, and that guy's electrifying to watch, so that'll be a fun kind of head-to-head. Um, but I just don't see them doing it. Not going to get an argument out of me. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been awesome. I hope everyone liked our picks. If you didn't like our picks or if you have other picks, please comment in uh, the old comment section or come join our Discord and tell us what you think. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Aaron, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, check me out. Instagram, Lapper Flips, L-A-P-P-3-R-3-0 underscore flips. I got a YouTube channel. Uh, post videos weekly. I'm going to try posting a little bit more, but, you know, I'd appreciate it if you check it out. Leave a comment. Um, nothing but good vibes. I have fun doing it, and I just want other people to do it. I think we talked about it last show. I just want more people making hockey content because I love watching it so much. Um, but that's where to find me. I'm happy to, uh, you know, to enjoy some conversation and answer questions and debate and do all the things that are, are, you know, that are fun that involve hockey and cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be definitely talking about hockey and cardboard only hockey related cardboard in my neck of the woods. Uh, and yeah, of course you can find me on all the social media, YouTube, you're already here. The links are in the show notes or the social media profiles and yeah, we'd love to see you on Discord too, because that's that's where we really talk about hockey cards. Yeah, come join the Discord again. Great guys and gals. If there's gals there, I don't know. There are. Um, but great, great, yeah, great group of people. It's always awesome. So hop in. All right, man. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I guess until the next show, go get those playoff young guns. Pew, pew.